Welcome to Stories Unearthed, a podcast series by NIROC. NIROC is an organization committed to amplifying the voices of members of our community through ethical storytelling workshops, and in this case, through podcasts. This season, in partnership with AWARE, we'll be sharing the stories and histories of people who have spent time in the migrant farm worker community. Hello, my name is Emma Stenz, and I'm joined by my podcast partner, Ryan Cowell. We're high school students who interviewed Eddie Gomez over the course of a semester. You might also hear the voices of some of our other classmates who also took part in interviewing Eddie. Eddie spent his childhood in a migrant farm worker community in Texas. Stay tuned to hear his story on Earth, and thank you for listening. I just remember it right now. So when I was nine years old, I got my first job. And um, I wanted to work because my parents worked. So I was like, a lot of times when you're young, like you see somebody doing something, somebody in your family, you're like, oh, I want to do it. And I'm like, oh, working is fun, right? Like my parents work, everybody, everybody's working. So let me try it. And so I got a paper route. And I had about 63 homes where I would go and like after school, I think I was in 15, fifth and sixth grade. I would go and like deliver newspaper. So I, we were so poor. I remember I found the bike like on the side of the road. Like somebody was like on trash day. Somebody threw out like a bike and it just, it was missing a wheel. So I had like, I found the wheel somewhere. Like I, or I, I got a wheel from a friend and then I put a bike together and it was like this Frankenstein bike. Cause it had like a, like a small little wheel on the front and a big wheel on the back. And it was just kind of weird. Right. So I'm like, okay, this would do it because I needed to go and like there's 63 homes and they gave me a little bag where I could either walk or I'm like, I don't want to walk. I'll just, you know, I'll ride around a bike and and just throw the newspaper. So I so I think it was Monday through Friday. I would do that. I would get out of school as soon as I got out of school. The newspaper was delivered. I would go pick it up the stack of newspapers and I would I would take it to my route. And uh, I do I do remember there was some you know, cute uh, old, old ladies, they would give me cookies. So every time I would go, they would like, you know, they would uh, offer me cookies and things, you know, and, and those were nice things about, about. My name's uh, Eddie Gomez or Eduardo Gomez. Um, and uh, I was in my migrant farm worker i'm the son and daughter of migrant farm workers um we my parents traveled all across the country starting in florida uh, picking oranges and then we went to washington out in the the north uh, west coast Uh, my parents were picking strawberries as well and when i was uh, six years old my parents moved to Started doing migrant farm worker, uh, migrant farm work in uh, in the Michigan, in, in sorry, in the Illinois area, and um, I that's where I started my journey as a migrant farm worker. I worked, uh, started working when I was 13 years old to tasseling corn, and up until I was 17, so I did that for for a few years uh, right before going to college. So that's um, yeah, that's a little bit of a short story of. Uh, my experience as a migrant farm worker. Yeah, awesome. So to start out, Eddie, would you like to tell us a little bit about your family and anything you want to share about them, your brothers, your sisters, any cousins, important 
family members you grew up with. Feel free to share anything you want. So I have my oldest sister. She's, so my parents are a little older. Um, and my oldest sister, she's like 47. So um, she's, she, and, and I'm 31. So there's a big gap, right? So from the oldest to, to myself. So I, I, when I, all my siblings were born in Mexico. So I have the three sisters, three girls. And then it was, so the oldest one is Veronica. The, the second oldest is Giovanna. And then the youngest was uh, Bernice of the girls. And then it was my brother, Juan. It's a very common uh, uh, Latino or Spanish name. And, uh, and then myself, right? So I used to make fun of my name because, or, or my brother's name because it's Juan. It's like Juan. But uh, we also make, uh, make fun of him uh, at, at school. But uh, yeah, so like, I, I guess my parents thought that my, my brother was going to be the last one. And then eight years later, I was born. And that was kind of like the accident, like unplanned. Um, and uh, I, I like to think that, that, that you know, parents uh, save the best for last, but maybe that's just my opinion. So I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was born, but I was born here in the States. Um, my parents got here in 1988. I was born in 1989. Um, my mom likes to say that I was... Uh, I was uh, conceived in Mexico, but I was born here in the, in, in the U.S. So I guess they, she got pregnant when she was in Mexico. And then when they got here to the U.S., they had me. But, um, yeah, it was kind of like having um, like four older, like four. I mean, just because when I was born, they were like in their teens or, or at least my, the sisters, my sisters were. So it was kind of like having like, like, you know, three, three guardians. Uh, I would put it that way. It wasn't like you would fight. I, I don't remember fighting with them or anything like that. They would just take care of me because I was like I was like the baby and they were like they were like in middle school or they were in high school, from what I remember. So yeah, that 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 was it. Um we had a really good relationship. I mean, my parents have been married for 48 years, going on 48 years. So they um that really, really, really strong marriage. My my mom doesn't drive, so it's kind of funny. My 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 dad drives her everywhere, and uh, she wants to go to the store, so she like he drives her to the store, and uh, she's kind of like the engine behind the family. Like she's she's very uh, she's very like she gets up and goes, and 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 she gets the whole family to get up and go. So uh, if it was up to my dad, he's very like laid back, very passive. But my mom's the one that's always pushing him around. So I think that was good in, in our family. Yeah, that's awesome, Eddie. They sound like wonderful, wonderful people. Um, branching off of that in your, um, your family, is there anything you'd like to tell us about your childhood? Maybe a favorite memory, any, especially early childhood, being going to school or um, any fun stories with your siblings? Anything you'd like to share us, feel free. I think I was very attached to my mom up until the age of six. So my my sixth birthday, I used to like Power Rangers a lot. So they uh, they made me like a Power Ranger theme uh, piñata, and uh, and I had all my friends over, and they gave me my first bicycle when I was six. So I learned how to ride my bicycle, and that was kind of like my escape. Like I'd ride my bike around the neighborhood, and uh, with my with my friends, and and that kind of. Uh, allowed me to like detach from my mother because I was very, you know, I was kind of the baby and, and, 
And so I look for my mother all the time. And um, that was kind of my escape. I, I was able to explore like the neighborhood, play with different kids on like different blocks. Um, and uh, in this part of Texas, there's a lot of like where, where I grew up, there's a lot of, like stray dogs, like people just people had dogs, but they just had them around in, the, in, in their house. Right. So you would you would ride your bicycle by a house and then a, a dog would chase you. So it was kind of like the old adventure in itself because you were just like, you know, ride your bike around. And and, um, and that was cool. And there was an empty lot near my house. So um, all the kids from the neighborhood, we would get together and play football. And sometimes we would get into fights and, you know, throw dirt at each other. And uh, and and a lot of things, we'd build tree houses and, and some, you know, random people's uh random trees and, and empty lots. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I think, you know, I had good memories um, of that and a lot of daydreaming about like, you know, all my friends and I were all like maybe eight or, or, or seven years old thinking about, oh, when I get, when, when I grow up, I'm gonna buy this car and this expensive car, this and that. And uh, yeah, I mean, a very typical, you know, um, childhood of just kind of like adventures and, and, and freedom, you know. Um, you mentioned earlier on um, that your siblings had to come over from Mexico. Do you remember around the time when they came over to the United States? I think it was a few years later where, where it was, um, it was very tough. Like it was very tough for my parents to, to be here, um, like alone, you know, without the kids. So they, they, um, I think at the time they, they paid somebody to, to smuggle them in, into the U S like my, my parents paid somebody, I think it was like 20 bucks. They paid like 20 bucks per, per sibling to, to get them to the U S. And so they, there was people that, that, that they knew, I, I don't know who it was. They, they paid them to, to, to cross them over to cross them over the Rio Grande and they came here. So that's how it was. I mean, it was, it was, I don't exactly know the details. I was very young, but that was kind of like the going fee. Like at the time, like people would just be like, oh, you know, give me 20 bucks and I'll I'll uh, I'll use somebody else's birth certificate and I'll cross, you know, I'll cross your kids or whatever. So at the time they would people don't weren't required passports. So they would just, you would have your birth certificate and then you'd say, okay, I'm so-and-so. So your, your, your name was something else. It wasn't even like your proper name. Right. So the, the people that would cross them would train them and they would be like, oh, so your name is, it's not Juan. It's going to be like Eric or your name's like, it's not Veronica. It's going to be like, you know, Nancy. So, um, and it was, it was hard. I think for kids, it's hard. Um, just because I remember when, when my the two two of my my siblings that were crossing over they they told them hey this is going to be your your fake name and i think one of my you know my sister who was older my little brother he was or my my brother who was a younger one at the time he was uh he was he was staying behind and my sister was like oh juan come over and then the lady's like no that's not his name you should call him like eric like it it was it was uh it was um yeah it was tough i think it was very tough for, for my family you know, but they felt that having having our family together was better than than having the kids separated. 
definitely that must have been really hard um so once you got once you guys reconnected did you stay I know you um traveled around during the uh during like the uh picking season but Mm -hmm. um were you all together in Texas or did you guys travel around um all together yeah so the way it worked is we all were together here in Texas so they would go to Florida and I think my my siblings would work too um the ones that were at age to work and uh they would take they would have like a migrant little like daycare where they would take me and they would I would go with all the little kids the bus would pick me up and 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 I would you know they would take the little kids and then the the kids that were at, at of age maybe 13 or 10 or or, or above 10, 10 years of age or above they would go with the adults to go and work right and 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 um you know, work for the whole day and then come back. So um, I think that's what they did. They they did that. And then for a few months, and then we would, um, we would all save some money. And then and then come back to this area of Texas. Because this was our home base. And, and, and my parents started, you know, they bought a property, they bought a lot, you know, they I think they paid like $15,000 for or or $10,000 for for a property where you know, where they built our, our home and then they would, um, they would be here for, um, like the winter months when there was, when it was no, there was no crops and they would go back like, um, during the fall to go to work again and then work the entire summer and then come back. So the way they did it is my parents always, they never liked to have any debt. So they, they felt like, okay, we need to work. We need to save and, and we need to, you know, build, you know, part of a house and then do that again the next year. And then, so they ended up like the house that they have now, they ended up building it like in pieces, right? Like it in phases. So they would build phase one, you know, like a one story house. And then they would, you know, the next summer they would, you know, build a bathroom or like another bedroom. And I remember at one time we were all, it was a small house and we were all sleeping like together. It was like a, a very, very small house. It had a the only divider that we had was like a kitchen and then one bedroom and then one bathroom. And then there was two beds in, in, in the, in the bedroom. And two of my sisters or yeah, two of my sisters would, or my sisters would sleep on the bed and then my brother would sleep on the floor. And then my parents and I, and I, I, I was like the baby. So they, they would put me in the middle. My, sleep in the middle of my parents and, the, and we would sl- sleep in the in the floor of our of our living room so and then you know everybody woke up and then you would put like the little mattress or cot away and that was you know it wasn't our bedroom anymore it was our living room um so it was um it was a lot of a lot of memories right we didn't have a lot of resources we didn't have a lot of things um but uh it was good memories i, I you know we were happy as a family Oh, Eddie, I'm so glad to hear that it was a very good experience for you and your family and that it was just part of your way of life. I think that's amazing. Um, is there anything you'd want to share about more of the migrant work side of stuff? Was there any, like, do you remember when your parents started or how you got into it with your siblings or anything like that? In, in 1988, when my, my when my parents came over, my my parents were got invited by by a gentleman that he was in Florida to work uh, picking oranges. So as you know, a lot of 
a lot of the these uh, orange juice uh, containers they say Florida freshly squeezed juice or, or things like that and my mom was pregnant you know my and and my mom and, and my my aunt and, and my uncle went and so my mom was pregnant with me my my uh, my aunt was pregnant with my my cousin who's my same age and uh, they were climbing up ladders and they were you know they were um, picking oranges and you know these two pregnant women like going up there because that's that was our livelihood that's how my my parents made money um they had no education so the only thing that's available is you work in agriculture and you work for like whatever season typically it's like a few months so you go and you work you know for a few months and then you come back home and you have your savings and then you you buy things that you need you build additions to your house um so they did that growing up i remember um from there, they went to Florida and then they went to Washington. They were picking like uh, strawberries and different things like that. And when I was growing up, we moved to this small town in Illinois called Mendota, Illinois. It's, it's about an hour from Chicago. It's about an hour west of Chicago. And we would go there every summer. And I remember my parents moved up there when I was six years old. So we'd go there from, from like um, maybe May to, to October. And then we would come back, right? So I wouldn't be able to finish my grade in my school. So they would take me out early and then I would go and we would, I wouldn't work when I was younger. So they would take me to like the summer school where all these kids whose parents did migrant work, like we would all just hang out like because we we're too young to work. And then when I, when I turned 13, I decided that I wanted to do the tasseling. So basically the tasseling is you work for this company that like uh, harvest is uh, they harvest like corn to, to put in seed. So like anything to feed like animals to feed cattle or, or, or anything like that, they, they would, uh, they, they would bag the corn. And my job consisted of taking the tassel off the, the corn plant. So there would be like, there'd be these rows, you, you know, acres wide. And usually how they plant it is, they they have two male two male corn plants and then four female corn plants. So on the female corn plants, you would take the tassel out, and then the male corn plants would pollinate the female corn plants, and and you know we would do that. So essentially, for every plant that's in the row of female plants, you would take the tassel out, and that was like I mean you would walk literally walk for miles and miles and miles. I mean you, you couldn't see the end. So you go through every single row and you, you know, everybody, every person has a role and then you would just pull the, the tassel out of the corn plants. So that's what I did uh, my first few years when I was, I was 13. And, and so we would wake up at, um, it was, it was about five in the morning and then we work, we would work a few hours because there were all kids like my age, you know, 13 and maybe 13 through 17. Um, we'll work a few hours and, and you know make like i don't know seven bucks an hour at the time and and i had like savings right anything that i wanted to buy i would buy you know buy a few things or clothes or electronics that i wanted at the time so that's what i did initially um going to illinois and, and working in that yeah that's really interesting i've always wondered kind of what the structure of life and migrant work would be like so i'm i'm really glad i got to learn that and I also found it interesting that you guys only picked oranges. I, I find that very, very surprising, I guess, in some ways. 
Um, I have I had a question that came up in my head. Is there anything you'd like to tell us about school? Because I can't imagine being a migrant farm worker as a kid and how that would affect your school life. Because you know, up to my age, I've only it's like every year I go to school. That's just what I do. My parents call it my job. So um, I can't imagine what how balancing those two would be like. Most of the schools that I went to were were very close to my house. They were like five minutes away, both my my elementary and my my middle school. I think in elementary, what did I like? I like math and I like history. So those were my two favorite subjects when I was in school. Um, I had the, you know, I, I guess when I was younger, I, I had the ability to grasp, grasp things pr- pretty quick, you know, so they put me in a, in a higher kind of a advanced class when I was, when I was younger, I think it was starting in middle school. Um, so I had a lot of, a lot of, I made a lot of friends. I was very social when I was little. Uh, I would, I would make friends very easily. Um, I think when I was in middle school, I was in band. Uh, I played, per, uh, I really enjoyed band. I thought it was, it was cool. I, I played uh, percussion. So I played drums and snare drums. And I, until this day, I still play drum set. So it's things that I learned uh, a lot. Um, we had, um, what else did I do? I played, I was in the football team. I was kind of small for the football team and skinny when I was, when I was in sixth grade. So I was like 89 pounds, but yeah, I, I, I went on from there to, to go to high school. Our high school was, it was massive. So our high school, there were, my graduating class alone was about 1,150 students at the time. So it was massive. You would go, um, you would uh, go to school and you probably know like 15, 20% of people just because there was thousands and thousands of students there. And, and like I mentioned, a lot of them were, were my, you know, a lot of them were in, look like me. They were, they're, they're all this. We all look the same. We're all very similar. We all spoke Spanish. Um, we, we all came from the same background, the same struggles. I, I do remember a lot of the kids had to, you know, they would, their families would do the same as my family. We would travel to different states and work in agriculture and come back. So that was a lot of fun. In ninth grade, I had a, a teacher called Ms. Cano, and, and, uh, and she, she was the um, medical, she, I think she, she teaches Lexington in medical terminology because I thought I wanted to be a doctor. And I was like, oh, this would be great. So it was, it was really inspiring because she was like a mother figure to me. She's very nurturing. Um, and it was great. So I did very, I excelled in that class. I did very well in my, my history class as well. And um, I was very applied. I, I think, uh, you know, since at a young age, I, you know, I determined if, if I want to achieve something, I just work really hard at something. And, um, and it was great. And then I did, I, I wrestled. So I was a wrestler in, when I was in high school. And uh, I, I had some success in that as well. Um, and, and it was great. It taught me about discipline. It taught me about hard work. It taught me about, uh, you know, working as a team as well, because every, every sport is a team sport. You know, I think you have to, you have to work as a team and individually to, to, to contribute on what you had. But at the same time, there was a lot of like, there was a lot of drugs use, you know, at my school, there was uh, a lot of drug abuse. There was a lot of like, um, fighting a lot of gangs. I remember one time there was, uh, there was food fights 
for um, about a month straight every every Friday. It was crazy. It was, I mean, food flying everywhere. So they were, and they had their own police. So my school was so big. They had their own police department. So they had you know officers and security officers, and uh, and it was fun. I mean, I think in high school you have your own little groups, right? So you have the group of like preppy kids, the group of the kids that are kind of like goths or or like you know different different um, different little cliques where you whatever you wherever you fit in, like you hang out with those people. And then there's some people. I was the other type of kid that would be able to hang out with every group. I was kind of like blending with with these people, blending with those people. And I made friends with everyone. So it was great. Um, and I was also part of student council. I think that they had a student council meeting. So we were kind of like, we would make decisions on behalf of the students. And, uh, and, and uh, I, really, I really enjoyed that. of interviews, one of the last things Eddie mentioned to us was that during his senior year of high school, he really didn't think he was going to go to college. He assumed he would just start small jobs and continue on similar to how his parents did. And I felt the need to include this because we sadly lost the recording of it, but I felt the need to include it because it really sets the stage for the next part of Eddie's story. But um, that is it for this week. Um, thank you for listening to the start of Eddie's journey, and stay tuned for next time when we continue to discuss Eddie's path to a higher education. Thank you.